0: Well, welcome. God bless you guys. Again, if you guys are able, do enable your uh, cameras, please. Um, We will be reading from Psalm chapter 2. And um, this is the Psalm of David. And uh, what I appreciate about the Psalms is that uh, they're they're songs and they are... um, um, Um their songs, they're poems, and they are prophetic. And a lot of it speaks of Christ and um it speaks of his messianic um rulership, it speaks of his priesthood, it speaks of these many different things, right? And and so right here, um This psalm actually is quoted by Peter. and As we'll see shortly, this psalm is quoted in the book of Acts specifically. And it was during the time that they were being persecuted. And uh, so let let us read. So verse 1, it says, Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying... Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possessions. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. And so at first we see uh in verse 1 that nations are conspiring and they're plotting um against the Lord and they're plotting against his anointed and we we know that because it says right here in verse 2 it says uh who specifically they're rebelling against, who they're revolting against. Whose authority they don't want to be under. Right? So this is a rebellious people. Uh, the nations are rebellious, and because they don't want to subject themselves and submit to the Lord's uh, authority, they, as a consequence had conspired against the Lord. That's exactly what they did. Remember when Jesus uh, when the Sanhedrin Council had conspired for the Lord's death, right? They had they had banded together. And because, let me, let me explain to you guys why. Because a lot of people don't understand why Jesus had, uh, got persecuted as he did. So you have to remember, a lot of the Pharisees and Sadducees and priests and everything, they were already teaching the law. And if it wasn't because of their, Jesus is preaching against sin per se, that caused them to rebel against him because the Jews already had a law that prohibited sin. In fact, the law was a whole lot more meticulous and a whole lot more detailed about all the do's and the don'ts, right? <clears throat> and and we, we acknowledge that there was no way that one could possibly obey the law to the T. So if there were any people who would not refuse a law or refuse a moral code. It would be the Jews. So it wasn't because Jesus was coming against lust or coming against adultery or coming against pride, coming against all those things that they banded together and conspired for his death. Um, The reason why they were coming against him is because they acknowledged that Jesus was establishing a new priesthood. And you have to understand why this is so important, because remember, in the law, the Levites were commanded to receive tithes. Okay, so they were taken care of; they didn't have to worry about anything. So they had livelihoods, okay, and and um, they also had influence and they had power. What was the power that the priest had? They had power to forgive sin. Um, they were mediators, right? They had power to um, uh, teach the, the word. No one, not anybody had authority. Only the priest could do that. You see in Jeremiah, you see in Micah, that says the priest shall keep knowledge. So you have all these religious rulers that um, were almost seen as celebrities. The reason why I say celebrities is because you have to acknowledge from the Jewish mindset, priests were god's representatives on earth and so if you if you accepted the priest or if you defied the priest you were in effect defying god or accepting god um and so not god in the flesh that's not what i'm saying it's all that the priest taught and who he represented you could not uh accept god without accepting the priest does that make sense because all that he stood for and who he represented, if you rebelled against the priest, you were rebelling against God. So these were the sort of people that had enormous amount of influence, respect among the people. right? So Jesus was coming and saying, yeah, that Levitical priesthood, you guys built your entire livelihoods on? And all the power that you've accumulated, I'm saying, repent from that, and I repent from that kingdom there is a there is a kingdom from heaven, and there is a new priesthood after the order of Melchizedek that Jesus is replacing Jesus, replaced the old Aaronic priesthood that came from the Levitical tribe and is now installing a Melchizedek priesthood from the from the tribe of Judah. We know this all throughout um, um, Hebrews. It says, if there's a changing of the order of the law, there must by necessity be a changing of the order of priesthood. So what happens is all these people, see, you got to understand that the Pharisees, the reason why Jesus rebuked them and chided them so much is because they knew who Jesus was. This is why Jesus accused them of blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Because they weren't saying what they were saying about the Holy Ghost out of ignorance. They were saying it out of knowledge. They were accusing Jesus of the works of the devil. Meanwhile, they knew who he was. And it wasn't that they were deceived. People say, well, what about when Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was speaking about the Romans. Because the Romans did not know the law of God, they had no knowledge of the Torah, they had no acknowledgement of the Messiah, they they at times heard word of it, you know, like, oh, you know, they say that you're the king of the Jews, and that's what Pontius Pilate said, he had no dealings with the Jewish people. So Jesus was praying for forgiveness for the Romans, not the Pharisees, right, in fact, because we already knew Jesus pronounced curses upon the Pharisees. He says, Cursed, woe be unto you. So, um, so the, the problem that Jesus had primarily were with those people who were um, preventing people from entering the kingdom. And that's what angered Jesus so much because they had the keys to the kingdom. Um, before, before, you know, there's a lot that can be said about that, but they, they, and Jesus says this in Matthew, you prevent people from entering the kingdom and you yourselves do not enter in. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a really great parable. The parable of the vineyard, um, where, where, um, the owner of the vineyard, um, he, um, he assigns servants to go and uh to report back what's going on with those he had left in charge of the vineyard and who who is the vineyard and the servants were the prophets who came before Jesus telling the uh, occupants of the vineyard which were the the priests and the pharisees right <clears throat> they occupied the vineyard. Who was the vineyard? The vineyard were the people of God. This is why in 1 Corinthians, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say chapter 2 or 3, Paul says, we are God's co-workers. You are God's vineyard, God's building. And so they were left in charge to that vineyard. And so the Lord sent servants and at last he says, I will send my son. Maybe they will listen to him. And what do we learn of the scripture? Jesus came to his own, but his own received him not. And so they you know of course killed the son because they wanted to keep the vineyard but then it realized that that the father had sent the son to receive the vineyard right because the vineyard was his and he was going to put new priests in and over the vineyard that's why they didn't want they didn't want him which made them antichrist opposed to the anointing what was the anointing the anointing remember in the Old Testament only Kings prophets and priests were anointed and so Jesus was high priest and they wanted to retain that priesthood that anointing and so Jesus is saying yeah that's coming to me right and and it is all about him and so they didn't want to make that switch that transition so which which is why they opposed Christ, hence Antichrist. And so, which, why, um, this is something, you know, for a side note, but this is why I believe that the high priest in the Old Testament was the Antichrist. But anyways, um, because when it talks about the Antichrist standing in the temple, the temple was the temple spoken about in Matthew 24. And it says that he will take his seat in the temple. We learn in Matthew, Jesus says, uh, "They sit in Moses' seat, right?" And He says, "They will stand in the temple." Who had the authority to stand in the temple? The high priest did. Not anybody could just stand in the temple. And of course, there were different courts, and you know, the the more you got to the holy of holies, the, the more access you had to God. Um, but nonetheless, now coming back to here, I say I bring all that background here uh, and, and related to Psalm two. So we understand now why the Kings of the earth rise against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let's break their chains and throw off their shackles. Right? So they don't want to be restrained by the Lord. They don't want his rulership. They don't want what he is bringing. And, you know, now it's a bit different today, you know, but, but, um, because we don't have a, a a priesthood that's defying Jesus, but we have other people that are nonetheless defying him, right? That's that's why the 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 common man, the poor man, you know, you're not going to get a lot of trouble from them. Who are Christians getting trouble from? They're getting trouble from rulers, and they're finding every way to to call people the enemy of the state, right? Right b- because they see Christianity as a threat to their government. It, right? So it, it's people don't hate Christians necessarily because you know we worship God. It's because we're bringing a code of conduct, we're bringing a way that things should be. Amen and and this is where we as christians we we are not to be irrelevant we are to be relevant what i mean by relevant doesn't mean wear the latest fad it doesn't mean you know join with all the other groupies uh, you know in the popular christian circles and you know adopt their language and you know say what they say and do what they do and be trendy what i mean is um you we can't hop on the bandwagon of all those other believers that say yeah, Christianity and politics shouldn't mix. Uh, See, that's not what Jesus is saying here. Why? Because the kingdom spreads throughout the whole earth, and the government is not excluded. See, the word of God has something to say not to only the individual, but to the nation. The word of God has something to say to not only the individual and to the family and to the neighborhoods, but it has something to say to the governments, to the boards of education, right? And while education, this is where I need you guys to get this because there's so many people behind the pulpits today that are like, oh, you know, leave the government, let them be and stuff like that. And while that might sound good because they'll use language like we're not of this earth, we're not of all this stuff. You know, we're not of this world, but we're in this world. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. But he didn't say, but he didn't say my kingdom is not in this world. Do you see? The kingdom is not of the world, but it is certainly in the world. And it needs to progressively conquer this world. That's why Jesus didn't suck us out. Jesus says, I pray for them. He says, not that they would be taken out, but that you would keep them in the world. Right, Because what what Adam was uh, mandated to do was to take dominion. And that has never changed. That was pre-sin, pre-fall. God's intention was for Adam to to take dominion. And since that man failed, Jesus, the second man, Adam, we know he's second man, Adam. 1 Corinthians tells us this in Romans 5. He has now taken dominion and not fallen to the pressures of sin, and we as his extensions must carry out his plans to destroy the works of the devil. Right? And so um <clears throat> hold on. <clears throat> so we have to uh destroy the works of the devil. And we have to uh Speak to the government's we have to speak now that might not be your specific call, but I'm saying us as the church as a whole Because it, it the same Christians that say that we shouldn't say anything are the same ones that are complaining about LGBT Who well who who gave that to them? Right who gave who allowed them to do that it was on our watch that we did Right um who, who are the ones that are allowing uh Muslims taking more territory? Or who are the ones that are allowing now? I understand these people have individual choices, yes, but that doesn't mean that we don't put up a fight. That doesn't mean that we don't stand against, we don't speak up. Right? We have to constantly speak to these areas. And, and look, for example, pornography. My gosh, if, if, look, if, if the, how cowardly would you have to be in the 1800s here in America to say, yeah, us Christians, we just got to stick to the church, uh, uh, forget about liberating the black man. No, they didn't say that. They, they, they led abolition movements and say they deserve rights just like we, but that was a political thing. So what if the Christians just shut their mouths? You get what I'm saying? What up? And so that 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 now thank the Lord that they have been liberated and because Christians rose up and say the word of God speaks to the situation. The word of God speaks to what you guys consider politics and while you want separation of church and state, right? No, there is no separation. This is the Lord's the word of God and the will of God has to be here. And so, for example, pornography and things like that today, there is a huge uh, enslavement of women who are being trafficked by this junk, right? And so the Word of God has something to say about that stuff, right? The Word of God has something to say about prostitution. The Word of God has something to say about abortion. We have a genocide here in America, I don't, I don't know to what extent they're in other parts of, of your guys' country. But nonetheless, the Lord Jesus, let's ask this question. Is it the Lord's will for it to be that way? No. It's not. So now if it's not the will of God for pornography to be legal, abortion to be legal, then what is His will? How would we know? We know it here. And so if we know it here What does the Bible Then let's ask the question What is the Lord's will for that I believe the Lord's will is For its criminalization For it to be not only outlawed But to be criminalized For people to To uh, to produce those films Right And to, produce, to enslave uh, Women and minors Right So This is why if the Lord is angry with the Lord is there's the Lord is slow to anger. But when he does get angry, he's angry with the elites that oppress the the masses. And that's what all these people are doing, right? For money, for profit. They're enslaving the masses. And so um, it says this, though verse 4 the one enthroned in heaven laughs you know let me t- let me say let me say this if if we are not people of prayer we won't be laughing either if we're not praying we won't join in with the lord's laughter amen we will be sh- we would shrink back in fear and unbelief and doubt will the Lord do anything? You know, um, I was blessed. I was—I I don't know if you read this part, Julia, but I read uh, that uh, link that you put on your stories, and I was excited and happy and rejoicing to learn that if I read it correctly, that there in Iran, that they had recently proceeded with a ruling. That declared that the Christian house churches are not, quote, an enemy of the state. I don't know if you read that part. You mean when I was posting about the Christian persecution? Yeah. Yesterday? I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <clears throat> but that's what it says. That's what it said there, that they had recently declared, um, I don't know how recent, that the house churches there in Iran are not an enemy of the state, whereas before that was. Um, and now I, I, I wanted to uh, later read up more on that, but man, do you know how much of a progress that is? How much of a progress that is. And this is what we've been praying about. We've been praying about weekly. We've been mentioning Iran for the changes there in that government. And the overthrowing of all wickedness. <clears throat> and so, um, and God, you know, God is answering the prayers of his people. God answered the prayers of his people here in America for the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And that that federally protected the right to murder children and now it's 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 you might still hear about abortions in well, let's just call them murders here in America but some states have banned it whereas other states haven't and and so now it's a complicated thing and I'm not going to go into all that all the you know government stuff but of you know, how that all works out, Um, but suffice it to say that there is, there is still a problem, but we've been seeing progress in our prayers, we've been seeing changes, you know, I was, I was just, um, yeah, that's, that's terrible too, we need to be praying about North Korea, Uh, but I I was, it was amazed me, because if you guys remember, if you guys read there in the chat, uh, Sister Kichija, she, lives there in Tanzania, Africa, and, and, uh, they are experiencing a drought and, and unlike here, you know, I can just, you know, we get water bottles imported, you know, or we can get some from the mountains and stuff like if I want spring water. Um, but you know, it's easy for somewhere where there is water to be imported here, whereas they don't have Amazon and they don't have water bottles imported. So they live off the water that comes from the rain and then they purify that stuff now um so when you're experiencing a drought and you ain't got water that's a big problem right and while we prayed the following and they hadn't experienced rain the following day they had an abundance of rain the day after we prayed they experienced abundance of rain And the reason why I share this is because it's an encouragement that God is actually hearing our prayers, not only on an individual level, but is influencing elements and nations and laws, right? So, so the Lord sits enthroned in heaven and he laughs. I want us to join in with that laughter. But we won't be able to join in with that laughter if we're only seeing from man's perspective. We have to be able to see from God's perspective. And what helps us to gain God's perspective is number one, the Word of God. And number two, knowing the mind of the Spirit. Being in tune with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit reveals the mind of God. We learned that in Romans chapter 8. Is that when we pray- especially when we pray in tongues, the Bible says that the spirit searches the deep things of god um you know just recently, I was praying and uh for uh uh i don't know if he's a prime minister um is there a president victor or is he uh a prime minister or is he a president well, he's the prime minister, I would say, okay. Uh, Well, he's the biggest figure. Okay, okay. Well, I was praying for him, and the Lord gave me the name of his daughter. I I didn't know his family, but gave me the exact name of his daughter and last name. And I was I was praying, and and so that name popped up in my spirit. I was like, oh, this is one of his family members. So I googled it, and it was his daughter. And I say that not to wow or anything like that. I mean, it's I mean it's there in the text. You know, we can get this sort of insight by praying in tongues. We we can get this sort of insight, but I say that because there's a strategic way that we need to pray into these things and for the people in the government. And and that was that was a manifestation of God granting revelation. For the purpose because he wants things to change in the earth. You see that? So he he grants us the mind of God so we can pray the mind of God. Right? He 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 um as we keep in tune with the spirit and our our um uh, overcome with the richness of god's word our minds are shaped to pray the prayers that jesus himself would pray right and so this stuff isn't largely isn't taught in the church we we just think that you know we can you know you know comment the praying hands on like some christian broadcasting thing and think that we're going to see change we're not going to see change that way you know and you know, it's more of like a condolences, like prayers. I'm I'm, I'm being serious. That that there is a famine, there is a drought in this area in the church, and we need to go back to the apostolic ways, the ancient paths. Earnest prayer. Jesus, he prayed all night. He didn't. He didn't just. Di- he didn't just. You know. Uh, he wasn't half-hearted about this hebrews chapter 5 or 7 says he offered up fervent cries in Prayer and so this needs to be you know the Lord challenged me on something He said this he said are you praying for the governments as much as you were praying for yourself? Because this isn't just about me. This isn't just about you. It's not just about us as individuals see Jesus There's, I love this quote, may the lamb of God have the full rewards of his sufferings. May he have the full rewards of his suffering and his shed blood upon the cross. He didn't shed his blood in vain. And so when he shed his blood, he purchased your soul and our salvation, but he also purchased the, the, the nations. And we will learn this here in Psalm two. This isn't something I'm making up. He inherited the nations. And he did that by his own precious blood. And so if Jesus' blood was spilt for my sin, but also for the sins of the nations, then where's the cry? The continual perpetual cry. It says in Isaiah, give me no rest. Give me no rest. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, and give me rest neither day or night until I establish Jerusalem. And so God wants to be bothered, if I can use that word, by our continual bombarding heaven regarding these things. He he didn't say, I set watchmen, give me no rest day or night about your personal needs, even though that's valid. He says, give me no rest day or night until I build up the walls of Jerusalem and I make it a praise in the earth. And so you know what? That's not just true for Jerusalem. He wants to make other nations a praise in the earth. He wants to make it a praise in the earth. He doesn't want wickedness to be legislated. He doesn't want prostitution to be legal, pornography to be legal. And and so... Let us join in with the prayers that Jesus prayed on this earth. And and we we know that he prayed these things. Why? Because Satan tempted him with those things. He says, just bow down and worship me. I'll make all these things yours. All the kingdoms of this earth. Right? So Jesus, the devil was trying to offer Jesus prematurely what was already going to be given to him by the Father, but he was going to do it without the cross. That's what the devil wanted to incite Jesus to do, to do this without the cross. He says, just bow down and worship me. He says, this is all mine to give. He says, I'll give you all the stuff. And so... <coughs> But it says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs and the Lord scoffs at them. Do you know, hey, just just read it. Read it right there in verse 4. The Lord scoffs at people. People say that's not Jesus-like. You know, when I I scoff at, uh, at the wickedness of this world or false doctrines, you know, I get that there there can be an obnoxious spirit that people have, and I'm, that's not what I'm advocating for. But there is a righteous scoffing. Elijah the prophet. I I I, I doubt that a lot of people who would uh, um, speak against scoffing, you know, in a righteous way, a holy way against wickedness, I, all those who would speak. Against that, I'm sure they would not claim to be more spiritual than Elijah the prophet. And what does he do? He insults Baal. He says, oh, I think he's releasing himself on the toilet. Right? I didn't say that. I'm not trying to just be funny. I'm, I'm saying that's exactly what he said. Maybe he's relieving himself. Maybe he got something. And the point that Elijah the prophet was making is, hey, I have a God that actually hears. And the God who answers by fire, let him be God. Right? And he was insulting the demons they worshiped. And so the Lord sits in the heavens and he scoffs. It says, verse 5, he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. So the, these people are being rebuked by the Lord. Right? They're being rebuked, the nations, these kings, these rulers are being rebuked by the Lord in his anger. and what terrifies them is that the Lord that the father has set Christ as as that ruler on Mount Zion, right? This terrifies them. it terrified demons. Why do you think Herod was so uh earnest to to unfortunately and sadly uh kill m- many uh newborns and and male children because he wanted to eliminate the christ remember that he wanted to eliminate the christ and the devil's plans are no different today you know it all the way dating back to the time of moses what did pharaoh do kill the the male children of uh, uh that were uh two years and younger Right? And what's going on today? They're still doing that stuff. They're still murdering babies. And they're trying in some places, they're trying to do it outside of the womb. The 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 barbarism, it's so barbaric and murderous and demonic. And but it says right here I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me you are my son today I become your father Verse 8 ask me and I will make The nations your inheritance the ends of the Earth your possession So I was, rec- I was Reading a, a book recently It was my, uh, prevailing Mighty prevailing prayer I think it is and What was pointed out to me and I've read This passage many times it wasn't until I read that book That I learned this and I had Uh, take a note of this in verse 8 he says ask me so the this is this is a command to prayer in relationship to the kingdom spreading throughout the nations and the lord receiving so this was this the father told the son told jesus ask me make this your prayer that you would receive as your inheritance the nation's Right? so this was a prayer that Jesus prayed as I mentioned earlier and now while in while legally it is Christ's we are not we are seeing the devil um uh, you know those squatters I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term like when it's legally someone else's house but it's vacant and then squatters come in and live in the house like if if there's someone who owns a home and let's say they want to maybe sell the house or rent it, but it's vacant. No one lives in it. And then like homeless people come and live within the house when the person's gone. And they're just doing it illegally. Well, that's what the devil does with the nations. These nations don't belong to him. But he's just squatting on these nations. And he's deceiving people to, to come and worship him. But legally, all these things belong to Christ. Right? And it's no and it's no different than the fact that jesus purchased salvation for every person doesn't mean they currently have it he in theory he purchased it for everybody but what does the devil do he deceives people out of it and so it's the same thing salvation is made for all well the inheritance has been given to jesus but what the devil does he's not he's not giving up the fight he's still advancing his agenda still blinding people. (coughs) But look it. And so, if this was the prayer of Jesus, we must make this our prayer. So, what should we be praying? Lord, make the nations uh, uh, your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. May we see the manifestation of that reality. In other words, may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's another way of praying it. And Jesus gave that as an outline. He didn't say just parrot it, but he gave it as an outline in Luke 11 as a way for us to pray. When his disciples asked him, teach us to pray, he said, do it in this way. So he gave us an outline. These are the things that the Lord wants us to address. Now, there's so much more that we can unpack while we pray those prayers, and there's so much that we can can be said in further detail but at the, that is at the very least the heart behind those petitions that's what we are to be offering unto the lord and some people unfortunately get their minds so mixed up with this they think it's ridiculous they think why do i got to do this if it's already they say that sort of nonsense why do i got to pray if you know god is in control you know and um, well, because he left you in control, <laughs> he has, and this is yeah. what this is what jacks up people's minds, and they just don't like this because it it leads them feeling like God is giving man too much power. Well, hey man, if you don't believe that, then unfortunately um, you're going to be guilty of irresponsibility and ignorance, because for example. The Lord had given the disciples the ability to cast out demons. Guess what if they rebelled against? Guess if guess what would happen if they decided we were not going to do that? I'm just going to keep fishing, uh, casting my net at the sea. No demons will ever be cast out. It doesn't matter how compassionate God is. It doesn't matter how powerful God is. No single demon will ever be cast out until a man... Whom the Lord has appointed. Say get out. Right. Oh y- y'all are following me. Come on now. Where in all the scriptures. Has the Lord ever cast out a single demon. From heaven apart from man. You don't see it. It doesn't happen. So that means. What Jesus says. I have given you authority. I have given you power so power has been given therefore we must exercise that power right and there is power through that vehicle of prayer see this is why this is why we got a bunch of philosophers and apologists always having to answer the question if god is so good why is there evil and it's like to me, it's just so simple. You know, when when I was on the apologetics bandwagon, you know, I was studying philosophy and all these different things. And don't get me wrong, you know, there's some good arguments, and I used to love reading that stuff. And uh, but the, the the conversation can end the moment we say, "Yeah, what you think of sovereignty isn't what the Bible's meaning. God is not meticulously." Uh, uh, controlling everything that's not what he's doing God has given freedom to man to either reject or to accept what the Lord desires to see on the earth and if man decides to embrace that and say I want to follow the Lord's will and he will progressively be praying for the will of God to uh meet different regions and and meet his country and meet his his home and his heart right the fact that you decided to sin you know isn't an indication that God isn't powerful it's an indication that God has given you ability to choose it's as simple as that God didn't force you to sin you know um but the point though I'm trying to make is <clears throat> why why didn't God just deliver the Israelites without Moses? He could have done it. But he doesn't work that way. He always raises up a man. And th- again, people people cite I hear the critics saying that's man-centered theology. It's too man-centered. Well, your problem is with God, because God, look, uh, real quickly, just keep your keep keep it there. In, in Psalms chapter two is a keep your thumb there. <clears throat> um, if you turn to First Corinthians, I, w- I want you to see something. <coughs> I believe it's First Corinthians chapter. I think it's chapter 3 yeah it's 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 1st Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 1st <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 it says for we are co-workers in God's service so is God working by Himself? No, God has co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. So and then he says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. So you know the interesting thing is Paul Paul delineates here. He says, I'm a builder, you as the church are a building. Paul says, We are co workers. He says, You are God's building. And that's what he says. As a wise master builder, and, and and I was reading this in Proverbs, I just I had taken note of this uh last night for the first time. I think it's in Proverbs 2. It says, The foundations are built by wisdom. Well, apostles are apostles and prophets help to lay foundations. And that's why Paul says, as a wise. Master builder. I laid a foundation. Right? So wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs. Wisdom is needed to lay foundations. Apostles and prophets lay foundations. Therefore Paul uses the adjective wisdom. To describe his his building. Or himself. A wise master builder. Right? And so he is a worker on God's field. Remember uh, the parable Daniella mentioned earlier about the vineyard? Well, we're that vineyard. God's field, verse 9. You are God's field. That's the vineyard. And the servants he put over that are Ephesians 4. Pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers. Do you see that? Or no? I'm not confusing anyone, am I? Which... Any questions about that? One more time. <laughs> huh? Can you repeat the last parts one more time? Yeah, so here in verse 9, Paul is saying that you are God's field. We can replace that word with vineyard. Right? Because the, the purpose of a field is for fruit. Right? So, um, I mentioned the parable that Daniela had brought up earlier about the servant sent to the vineyard. The vineyard are God's people. And there are servants appointed over that, that vineyard. And the purpose is to maintenance it. Now, there's different analogies given. There's the building, the temple, or there's the vineyard. Paul uses both here in verse 9. He says, you are God's field, God's building. So, this is an analogy. Uh, the church is both the temple and a vineyard. It's It's analogous. It's just an analogy. And servants are appointed over that. And those servants are what is described in Ephesians 4. Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. And they are co-workers with Christ to build it up. That's why in Ephesians 4, it gives those offices. It says it was given for the building up of the saints. So guess what that means? It means you that that without those offices that the church cannot be built up this is why this is even um recorded in the old testament it was it says at i think it might have been in ezra says at the prophecy of haggai and Zechariah was the temple built and so that's an indication that prophetic offices are necessary for the building up of the temple and we are that temple and so nothing has changed, whether in old or new testament. So this is this is where we have to um, acknowledge that there's there's only two ways that you can be built up. One is by prayer, right? Or three ways, excuse me, uh, by prayer. The Bible says, praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourselves up, Jude chapter one verse twenty, right? And <clears throat> Paul says, I commend you to the word of uh, through the word of His grace, which is able to build you up. Right, and then we see in Ephesians 4 that those offices are given for the building up of the temple so if we exclude that and just limit the scope of our personal development to just prayer and the Bible there will be an inadequate construction because God has given all three of those means all three of them the offices, the ministers the word and prayer to build up the temple does that make sense? Amen. um yeah so now go now going back to psalm 2 um that means we're we're co coworkers and so god isn't going to do this by himself he just isn't he does it with people and so you know um <clears throat> We we can't expect you know. This is where you know some um I've heard of some Calvinists because they've taken sovereignty to such an extreme view. Do you know that there's some that don't even evangelize? Because I'm being ser- dead serious. They refuse they they refuse to evangelize because you can look this up if you don't believe me. um Not all of them, but there are some that have taken that sovereignty doctrine to its hyper extreme and they say well God, God will do it and he's literally in control I don't have to fret I don't have to exert myself there's nothing that I really have to do and it's an imbalance it's not true God won't do anything apart from men and man cannot do anything apart from Christ and so why is this relevant to this? Because if we want to see the nations change God isn't just going to do it Amen. Here's a verse, James You have not because you ask not So many people that have complained to me in the past Why is my life in ruins? Because you willed it God didn't will that You did How can you say that? Because your life is like that I'm not trying to be mean, but it's, it is it is. What do you want me to say? God did that? No. And then what what happens is you got denominations that build <clears throat> theologies around that to explain away why they're uh uh poor, why they're this, why they're that. And and then be, before you know it, God is this this God that just starts afflicting everybody. Ooh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to make this, this. I'm going to just choose you to have the poor life, and I'm going to choose you to live in abundance. And God just arbitrarily chooses that for this person, and arbitrarily chooses that for this person. So no, it's that you are perishing for your lack of knowledge. That's what's happening. Amen. Look, look, real real quickly, I want to turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. <coughs> we'll be coming to a close of, of the word here soon. And then we'll pray. But Proverbs chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. I want you to see something here. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. So let's stop right there. You know, um, so, uh, someone got upset at me the other day because um, a brother got upset at me because I told him that because um, he he was disputing with what I was saying and um, and um, I forgot how how I said it exactly, but I said something to the effect that I and. I want you to be patient bear with me because I know at face value what it, what I want to say sounds arrogant but it's not because it's not coming from a boastful heart but I'm saying this only because it's relevant I said I he says how do you know you're right and I said because I pray a lot and he felt upset at that because It was creating a distance between him and I, insinuating that he doesn't do very much praying. Now, you you might say, well, how does that, why does that even matter? The reason why I say that matters is because who was the wisest person in the Old Testament? Solomon. Okay, how did he get that wisdom? Pray for it. He prayed for it. What does the Bible tell us here very clearly? If you search for it as for hidden treasures, if you lift up your voice, in other words, if you pray for understanding, then you shall find the knowledge of God and wisdom shall be pleasant unto your soul. And so the more one goes into the Lord, to the Lord in prayer, they acquire greater depths of wisdom and knowledge. It's it's there in the text. I'm I'm not making it up. It's very plain, black and white. God says, if you pray, James chapter 1, verse 5, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. David says in Psalm 119, open thou mine eyes, which is a prayer, that I may behold wondrous things in your law. So all the people that are given to academia and scholarship and seminary they'll just study 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 I don't care how much they study. They can learn the Hebrew, the Greek. And I and again please, I'm not saying this out of arrogance, but I'm saying this to teach you something. If if you if you pray 4 hours and study the word 1 hour and they study 10 hours and pray only 10 minutes, you will come out with more treasure than them. Because God doesn't exalt intellect. He exalts spirit. And our knowledge of God isn't based on an IQ test. It's based upon hunger. That's why no matter whether you are poor or rich, the economy, the source of wisdom is available to all. And it's prayer and hunger that God determines the wealth. The Bible says he has hidden these things for our glory. And it's the glory of a king to search out a matter. So he hides things for our glory that we may search for them. And it's only the hungry in heart that obtain greater levels of revelation and wisdom. It's very simple. But now the point that I bring this up and that I wanted to show you. says, verse 3. Well, verse 1. First, you have to accept his words. Verse 1. And store up his commands. So there's a level of reading and awareness of god's will in his holy word that's first of all second that's not enough though is if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding number two is prayers we see in verse two and number three is search for it is for silver uh look for it is for silver and search for it is for hidden treasure so this is much more broad now first it deals with only commands number two deals with only prayer but number three it deals with things beyond just prayer and and reading there's multiple ways that you can search for understanding number w- one example is um uh, uh, someone who is called as a minister and that they may impart to you and that you learn things and you search for that wisdom that is locked up behind them right and cuz a lot of people they want to sh- restrict their the the acquiring of knowledge to just the bible because they're proud and they don't want to admit that someone else has something to impart to them right or everybody's just humble it's not true there's a lot of proud people and you will be surprised you just live long enough and and you you grow older in wisdom and there will be you know for example might, might be younger sisters that you want to lace up and impart knowledge and they're just like they're not having it and you know they need to hear what you got to say you just know it and it's like ah, oh my gosh Why won't they learn? You know why? Because the treasure of wisdom and knowledge is actually locked up inside of you. And see, (laughs) I just love how the Lord operates. I love how he functions because he offends people's minds. He offends flesh so people can get into the spirit. See, there are things that no matter how much you read, God will not show you until you begin to search it out in a person. You know why? Because he wants to kill your pride. And you will continue to be hindered. And you will continue to be... And, and God will God will be patient with you. Allow your wheels to keep turning and you're getting nowhere. Because God wants to kill that pride and arrogance in you that says, I don't need anybody to tell me anything. You know, it says in, uh, I believe in Amos or Nahum, it says, The Lord does nothing without first revealing to his prophets. So there are things... And I can show you that verse later in case you don't believe me. And I'm I'm quoting it verbatim. Um, So there are obviously things that God does or will do. But He's first revealing it to a certain people. Right? It says He doesn't do anything without first revealing it to His prophets. Right? So there are certain people whom god has selected for the reasons he has in order to show other people and disclose this knowledge is that is that true or am i or you think i'm off there following up who who got to see the burning bush did all the Israelites get to see it? Who was that that seen the bush? Elijah. Mo- Moses. <laughs> okay. Moses got to see the burning bush, but all the Israelites didn't get to see the burning bush. I'm sure. I'm sure some of them thought Moses, you think you're better than us? In fact, that's exactly what did happen. The people under Moses said, "Aren't we prophets too?" You recall that passage where they said, "Aren't we all prophets too?" And then what happened? The Lord turned His face against them because they defied rank and order. And Moses had more access to God than them because God's choice. It's scripture. It's just there in the text. I'm not making stuff up. And so, what I'm what I'm showing this. What I'm the reason why I'm saying this stuff is because we have to understand the 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 value that God has placed on people and there are some things that God just will not do for you when you go to him just by yourself he will do it through another person it is simple as that god didn't redeem humanity without without incarnating in flesh God didn't deliver the Israelites without Moses. God didn't deliver the people during the time of the judges without Deborah. God didn't deliver the Samaritans without Philip the evangelist. God didn't even remove the scale from Paul's eyes until another man of God came and prayed for him. Why didn't God just remove that by himself? Because God has locked up results and solutions behind people. And so, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting off track here, but right here in verse uh, 11, it says, once you've done all these things, it says, discretion will protect you. It didn't say God will protect you, even though God is protector. In verse 12, it says, wisdom, will- and it says uh, in the following clause, understanding will guard you, wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. Right, And so, what does that say? If you are lacking in wisdom, you won't be guarded. Just follow the logic with me, real quickly. If discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you, what would happen if I don't have understanding nor discretion? What do you guys say? You won't have wisdom. Well, okay, so if there's three things listed here wisdom, understanding, and discretion. Discretion will protect me, understanding will guard me, and wisdom will save me. If I don't have any of these three things, what will happen to me? Ah, uh, you're gonna be destroyed. Do you guys agree? Or do you guys have any any further input? It would be a dangerous situation. Alright. So, yeah. So, let's take verse 12. Wisdom will save you. Okay. So, wisdom delivers. Wisdom saves. That means if I don't have wisdom, I won't be delivered. Right? If I say, if you have five bucks, you get a hamburger. Okay. I don't have five bucks. I'm not getting a hamburger it's simple logic right (laughs) or or, uh, if I if I have five bucks I'm not getting a sausage and a hot chocolate (laughs) if I don't have five bucks I'm not getting some langos (laughs) so if I have five bucks guess what I'm getting if I have wisdom I'm getting saved right and I'm not talking about saved from sin But save from scenarios, save from people, save from situations. So how do we get wisdom? James chapter 1 verse 5. And through the scriptures and through men of God that are wiser than you. All right, you have known from infancy the holy Scriptures that are able to make you wise through salvation. Is what Paul said to Timothy. David says in Psalm 119, "I love your laws; therefore, I am wiser than all my enemies." James chapter one verse five: If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, that I will give liberally unto all men without finding fault. Let me show you one other passage to to prove about the the third point I made about wisdom being locked up behind people if you look at matthew chapter thirteen um <clears throat> turn to verse fifty two <coughs> matthew chapter thirteen verse fifty two it says, He said to them, and that He is Jesus, Therefore every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. And so the point here is there's a scribe or a teacher that has come from the Old Testament and is entering into the New. And the the teacher has treasure and what is the treasure he's not talking about actual silver and gold you'll you'll always see this comparison and we've read it in proverbs there's always a comparison between treasure and wisdom and it's equating the two he says wisdom is more precious than gold and all that thou canst desire is not to be compared unto her it's more precious than rubies. And so you. Um, that's why it says that the man of wisdom and understanding will be like the man who has a house filled with treasure. It says that in Proverbs. So you see a comparison between tre- treasures and wisdom. And so a teacher is one who has wisdom stored within them. And there is therefore a... Uh, um, uh, uh, a an impartation of grace. The grace that is on that individual's life then flows to that person. Um, let me show you one other one. It's Philippians chapter 1. I believe verse 9 if I'm not mistaken. Philippians chapter 1. Do you have the King James Version uh Kezron? Yes, sir. I w- uh, if you can read it, I like the way that that one reads. It's Philippians chapter one, verse nine. <clears throat> <laughs> Don't make fun of me. To That's all <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just saying now. <laughs> it's after ephesians and what? after and before colossians oh, there we go i said um
1: Chapter
0: 1, verse what again? Verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Hold on. I'm sorry, not verse 9. My apologies. Um, I'm sorry, verse um, verse 7. Even as it is, Me for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, and as much as both in my bonds, and in the difference, difference and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. Of whose grace? My. So he he didn't. So there was a specific grace that Paul had. Right. And that when they linked to him, they had a participation of that grace. They, in, they inherited and received from that grace And it blessed their lives And so not everybody has the same measure of grace And that's why in, it says this even in Romans It says to each man has been given a measure of grace And so, um, so such that if, if there's a disassociation Then you don't receive from that grace and people think that grace is just... That any Christian could just go to God and have this immeasurable abundance of grace. It's not true. It just is not true. There's all grace available for salvation. That is true. But there's not the same equal measure of, of grace for wisdom and knowledge and power. It, it's just not. That's why... Um, th- This is why when certain people, when certain Christians do things, there are results and others, there are no results. It's because they're trying to operate outside their grace. Go ahead, brother. I want you to repeat those three things for me again. The, um, yeah. The, uh. With the, um, you know, what we partake in, the graces oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so the the scriptures prayer the these are means of grace right. well actually there, there's much more okay there's actually communion is a means of grace baptism is a means of grace um and these are referred to as sacrament well baptism i'm not going to get into all that but some think it's a sacrament some think it's ordinance but communion <laughs> is a sacrament um Anointing oil is a is a sacrament, um, and, and there is a grace that flows when you're anointed with oil. Um, but th- that's that's a bit different, and I won't go into that. But the th- three I would say primary means of grace for our building is the Scriptures. Paul says, "I commend you to the word of His grace, which are able to build you up." Uh, prayer, Jude chapter one verse twenty. Just praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourselves up in the most holy faith. And then ministers are a means of grace. And this is why in Ephesians 4 it says, When he, namely Jesus, had ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. Gifts from, come from grace. Gifts is the Greek word charis, where we get the word grace. Charisma is where we get the word charismatic. And charismatics are those who believe in the gifts. So charisma, charismata, is, is the grace gifts. But I hope I'm not losing you with that. But it says when he ascended on high, Jesus, when he, when he ascended to the right hand of the majesty on high, he gave gifts unto men. What were those gifts? The gifts were the ministers to the church. Read in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9 through 11, and you'll see that. And so the gifts... Are the ministers that comes from grace therefore those ministers are a means of grace to the body so the body is blessed by those ministers this is why look again going back to the idea of Samaria if Philip the evangelist never gone to Samaria guess whose demons would never have been cast out it doesn't matter how much they would cry to God it's just not going to happen because God has a mode of operation and he chooses to do things through men. So you know, for example, I don't care how much you cry to God, you can't baptize yourself. All right. You get what I'm saying? What do you, I remember? I tried doing that before I, I get before I got saved. I would like, Lord, like uh, I just because they told me if I wasn't water baptized, I was going to hell. So right. I was like, and they're saying. You know, you have to wait until a month and I'm like, What the heck? Y'all telling me that Jesus can come at any time and I believe this stuff, you know. Like I'ma go to hell. Right, right. And like I was angry, I'm like, just freaking baptize me already. Yeah. You know, so and so I'm like waking up every day paranoid. <laughs> and so every time I take a shower at bath, I'm like, Lord, may this represent a baptism <laughs> I was desperate man I was desperate (laughs) I'm like man You guys don't even believe this Like why you keep telling me It can happen at any moment And I'm like oh good for you You're baptized You're telling me I'm going to hell (laughs) You don't believe this stuff Man (laughs) But for real though um, So. Um, you need uh, someone to do that for you. You can't do it yourself, you know, so. Well, Igor did it to himself. <laughs> I just want to mention it. Someone can't do it. You, know? you are good enough? To... <laughs> I forgot about that. He did, huh? <laughs> Igor. Oh my gosh. That kid's something else, man. Um, But, but you know, going back to Psalm 2, um, in closing, um, <clears throat> the Lord is not going to advance His will in the earth apart from us. He's not. He has called us. And we have to play our respected parts. And so, um, may we continue to yield to His Spirit and His ways. As, and seek continually the progression of His kingdom in this earth. And this is why, again, I, I always and will always emphasize prayer. Because I want to see more of His kingdom come. I want to see less of the devil's kingdom run rampant. And I want to see more of the kingdom of God usher in. Lives change, impact brought, nations converted to Christ, and governments oh, wicked, you know, North Korea and places like that. I want to see their regimes overturned. And guess what? God does too. But He's not gonna do it without without his people. <clears throat> and so we thank you, God, for the cross. We thank you for the blood that was shed for our sins. Lord, your word says in the Psalms, to enter into your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise and to be thankful unto you and bless your name. So Lord, in this moment, we're offering up unto you, Lord, the sacrifice of praise from the fruit of our lips. Lord, we're offering unto you, O Lord, the sacrifice of praise from the fruit of our lips, O Lord. Father, we thank you for the cross Uh, In Calvary, Lord, we thank you that we are no longer subjects to your wrath. We are thankful, Lord, that we are no longer your enemies through wicked works, but we have been declared not only your servants, but we have been declared your friends. That we are now friends of God and that we are no longer subject to the wrath that is to come. Father, I thank you for that truth in Romans 8, verse 1, that there is now therefore no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you for that truth in Romans 5, verse 1, that therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for that truth in Romans 5, verse 8, that very rarely would a good man die for a righteous man. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Thank you, Lord, for dying for us while we were yet sinners, while we were yet powerless and without hope in this world. You sent your son to die an excruciating death on a cross, and you have given us eternal life. Lord, we thank you for the love that was shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost that has been given unto us. Thank you for your love that never fails. Thank you for your mercy that endures forever. Thank you, O Lord, for your great grace. Thank you, O Lord Jesus, for your patience. Thank you, O Lord. Like Jeremiah the prophet said in Lamentations 3, because the mercies of the Lord are renewed every morning, we are not consumed. His mercies are renewed every morning. Lord, thank you for those mercies that are renewed, and we are thereby not consumed. For great is your faithfulness. It reaches higher than the heavens. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Even though in our t- at times, Father, we have been unfaithful. We have been uh, very doubtful. But, oh Lord, despite the fact that we have perhaps relapsed back into our old ways or old thinking, we're old thought patterns. God, you are faithful to bring us back. Lord, like David said in Psalm 119, I am like a lost sheep that have gone astray, but you have led, you have brought me back. <coughs> Father, I just pray, God, that you would lead us back, Lord, that we would not be like lost sheep. Lord, that you would compel us, Lord, that you would woo us back, oh, Lord, like the prodigal son. Oh, Lord, you have gone in search of him. Oh, Lord, go in search of us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, O Lord, for your mercy. I thank you, O Lord, that you've conquered death. I thank you, Lord, that you've destroyed the works of the devil. Hallelujah. You've made an open shame, O Lord, to the principalities by triumphing over them through the cross. Lord, we thank you that when we die, we shall not suffer and go to hell, but we, O Lord, will receive eternal life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, to ever be present with you in paradise. Glory to God. I, I, I want to ask right now for us to confess our sins. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, right now we just ask that you forgive us of our sins. I want you to tell the Lord what exactly that you need forgiveness for. Lord, we just pray, God, that you would forgive us of all of our iniquity, Lord. Forgive us of our sin. Forgive us of our transgressions. Forgive us of our pride. Forgive us, O Lord, for our unbelief. Father, I thank you, Lord, that there is healing and there is forgiveness in the blood. Father, I pray that you would forgive us wholly, O Lord, And Lord, we pray, God, that you would also cleanse us. Lord, your word says, and you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, cleanse us from all iniquity. Cleanse us, Lord, from pride. Cleanse us, O Lord, from unforgiveness. Cleanse us, O Lord, from unrighteous anger. Cleanse us, O Lord, from jealousy. Cleanse us, O Lord, from lust and envy. Cleanse us, O Lord, by your healing power. Hallelujah, by the precious blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, your word says in Psalm 103, verse 3, and you forgive all of our sins. (coughs) You forgive all of our sins. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray, God, right now that every chain and every yoke, every bondage would be broken off of our lives, O Lord. Father, I pray, God, right now by the anointing of the Holy Ghost that everything that needs to be cut off would be cut off by your power, would be cut off by your grace, by cut off, O Lord, by the anointing. Lord, your word says that you came to set at liberty those who are taken captive. Father, I pray that no one in this gathering would be captivated by sin, captivated by spirits, Captivated by ungodly relationships in Jesus' mighty name. Captivated by patterns that every pattern, Lord, that keeps them in a vicious cycle would be broken in Jesus' mighty name. (sighs) Hallelujah. I want you to confess to me if, if there's any ungodly connections that you have to to fraternities or, or things from the past or or people currently that you don't belong in partnership with, I want you to confess to the Lord those things. Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name, by the blood of Christ, for it to be broken into a thousand pieces. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Including things that you've already broken people you've broken off from. Or things you've broken off from, but it keeps reoccurring. It, it, it. it every time you think of them, it, it causes sadness, or, or some form of, uh, like you're missing out. May the Holy Ghost come and meet you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord, for power. Thank you for your grace. Raba Lord we pray God right now your word says in Exodus 34 verse 13 but ye shall destroy their altars break their images and cut down their groves Father we pray God right now that every altar that would speak against our lives Lord that would be broken Lord send fire and judgment upon every altar that that have been erected against us O Lord Send your judgment and fire upon every altar that would speak curses over our lives, O Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. May it break, Lord. May it become demolished, O Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray, Lord, against all those wicked priests and witches that may have put our images, Lord, at altars. Lord, may judgment come upon those altars in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Scatter your enemies, O Lord. Scatter your enemies, O Lord. Arise and may your enemies be scattered. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We glorify you. We magnify you. We praise your holy name. Thank you, God. <coughs> Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. I, I, I want us right now to begin to confess the sins of our our forefathers. Uh, this is biblical. It says this in uh, Leviticus chapter 26 but if you if they will confess their sins and the sins of their ancestors, then when their uncircumcised are, uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they pay for their sin, I will remember my covenant with Jacob. Lamentations 5 or 7 says, Our fathers have sinned and are no more. It is we who have borne their iniquities. And I want us to pray right now that the blood of Jesus Christ would, would, would forgive their sins because sometimes those negative effects uh, trickle down to generations. And so let us pray that they those those sins would be forgiven. Father, we pray, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that the sin of our bloodline would be forgiven, Lord. The iniquity of our forefathers, O Lord, would be forgiven. That the blood of Jesus would would um, um, annul and would, would, would sever, O Lord, would blot out all the handwritings, Lord, as a result of not our sin, but the sin, Lord, of our generation, God. Father, we, we revoke right now any generational curses and we command them to break, O oh Lord, things that are keeping us limited, things that are keeping us impoverished, things that are keeping us, O oh Lord, from receiving the abundant life that you have given us. Yes, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. May the blood of Jesus Christ forgive those sins. Hallelujah. And revoke every curse. And we receive, O Lord, from your hand, all all blessings. All blessings, Lord. We receive from your hand, O Lord, all blessings, O Lord. (coughs) In the mighty name of Jesus. Right now, I just want you to... We're going to pray for diseases and sickness and illnesses... Um, whatever your sickness is, whatever your illness is, I want you to confess that to the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verse three, it says he forgives all our sins and heals all of our diseases. Father, we come before the throne of grace and we ask right now for healing in every area of our lives, Lord, whether it's our backs, our necks, our organs, O oh Lord. We pray that the, the Spirit of God would be would meet us, Lord, and our need right now. I want you to confess this specifically stated to the Lord, or it may even be for one of your loved ones within your household. Lord, we pray, God, heal all of our diseases, Father. Revoke, Lord, and eradicate every physical illness right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we receive the healing that is available in the atonement. You didn't shed your blood in vain. Your word says that you have taken up of our infirmities and healed all of our diseases. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you. We praise and magnify your holy name. You are a good God. Your word says in Exodus, you are the God that healeth thee. Hallelujah. You are the God that heals us. Manifest that reality. Manifest that power, O Lord, in our gathering today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you, Father. Right now, I want us to lift up our financial needs. Uh, For those of us that are praying for homes and praying for cars and praying for um uh finances i want us to uh to state those needs the bible says in deuteronomy 28 verse 11 the lord will make you abound in prosperity and the offspring of your body and philippians 4:19 says increase our uh, says but my god shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by christ jesus so i want you to state those needs right now we're going to begin to lift them up father we pray For those that are searching for homes, Lord, that are searching, O Lord, for finances, Lord, that are are needing Father prosperity and abundance, Lord, I pray, God, right now that none of us, Lord, in this gathering shall be plagued by poverty, that none of us, O Lord, shall be plagued by lack, that none of us, O Lord, shall have less than, but, Father, we shall obtain wealth, Lord, not by our own doing or by our own glory, but by your mighty grace. Lord, Father, I pray, God, your word says in Matthew 7 and Luke 11, that if we ask, we shall receive. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, though being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children? And how much more will our heavenly Father... Give good gifts to those who ask. Father, your word says in Romans 8, You who did not spare your own son, but gave him up for us all, how will you not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Father, graciously give us all things. Thank you, Lord. That none of us, Lord, not our children, should beg for bread. None of us, O oh Lord, shall lack. Father, for those that are into agriculture in this gathering, Father, I pray that their crops shall not fail. That their crops, O oh Lord, that while everybody else's crops in the world's Lord fails, may their crops not fail, but may it yield an increase. Rababasarier Rebebesete Rebebesete. Rabababasarier Robocosorier Rebebesete. Rababasarier Rebebesete. Rabababasarier Rebebesete Rebeke Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. We praise you, Father. We worship you, God. Let us begin to pray for wisdom and revelation. Let us begin to pray for wisdom and revelation. The Bible says in uh, James chapter 1, verse 5, If any among you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So in whatever area that you need it in, I want you to begin to state that to the Lord, Father. We we pray, God, that just like Solomon, that we would receive wisdom and revelation, Lord, for our lives. Father, your word says, Father, you, your word says that through wisdom we are exalted and we are honored, Lord. Your word says that it is through wisdom that we obtain endu- enduring wealth. Lord, your word says it is through wisdom that we prosper and that length of days are found therein. So God, we pray, Lord, that we would not be victims of ignorance. We would not be victims of folly. That we would obtain wisdom in our lives, Lord, that would make, oh Lord, for um, a praise in the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you and we glorify you. We magnify your name. We thank you in advance, Lord. May that grace for wisdom come upon us, Lord. May it fall upon our heads. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to pray about our prayer lives. The Bible says in Luke 18, verse 1, it says that men ought always to pray and not faint. And I just want to pray for those of us that feel like fainting. Father, I pray, Lord, that nobody in this gathering would faint. For those of us that continue, O Lord, to storm your throne and to uh, render unto you, Lord, the petitions that we continue to ask of you, Father. I pray that none of us, O Lord, would would, uh, find ourselves wearied, none of us, Lord, in this gathering would find ourselves, Lord, overcome with, with doubt and faithlessness, Lord, and prayerlessness, O God, but Father, continue to strengthen us that we would go the distance, that we would keep praying, in fact, Lord, deepen our prayer lives, deepen our lives of intimacy, God. We pray that strength and power would overtake us and swallow our infirmities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Teach us to go deeper. Teach us, O Lord, to pray with fire. Teach us, O Lord, to pray with fire, God, and fervor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We glorify you. We worship you, O Lord. We worship you, Lord. (coughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Wherever you live, whatever country you live in, I want you to begin to, or state, begin to lift that up unto the Lord. The Bible says that we are to pray for all those in authority. And the Bible says right here in uh, Psalm 82, verse 8, Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. So, Father, we just pray, God, for our state, for our countries, Lord. We pray that wickedness would be taken out of the governments. We pray that wickedness, O Lord, would be taken out of the governments in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that righteousness would be established there. We pray, Lord, that you would place godly people, Lord, in those uh, administration, Lord, in those governments, God. We pray, Father, that they will legislate righteousness and eradicate, Lord, all manner of wickedness, God. Hallelujah. Father, your word says that the nations belong to you. Therefore, O Lord, receive the full rewards of your suffering. Receive the full rewards of your sufferings in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless our nations. Father, may they not receive the same uh, uh, outcome of Sodom and Gomorrah. May they not receive the same outcome as Sodom and Gomorrah. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we stand in the gap and we pray, Lord, in wrath remember mercy. In the midst of the years, revive your work, O Lord, in wrath remember mercy, God. Thank you, Lord. Turn the hearts of the nations back to you. Turn the hearts of the nations back to you, O Lord. And may you appoint righteous kings and take out the wicked ones, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise and magnify your name, O oh Lord. Thank you, God. <clears throat> and Father, I just pray right now, I pray that those in this group, Lord, that have a call on their life and have gifts, Lord, that they would begin to use their gifts for the sake of the kingdom, Lord, I pray, Father, that they, Lord, would not shrink back, Lord, that they would not jeopardize their call, that they would not lose their fervor. I pray that none of us in this group would begin to lose their fervor, Lord. Father, I pray that no one would lose their first love, O Lord, but they would return back to their first love, O Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, that the fire would never go out on the altar, Lord. That it would continue to burn perpetually, Lord. That it would continue to burn and burn and burn. So, Father, uh, rekindle that fire, Lord. Rekindle that fire in the mighty name of Jesus. May it never go out, O God. May we continue to burn from here to eternity. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we just confess, Lord. If anybody in this group, Lord, have overcome lukewarmness, Lord, we confess lukewarmness, O oh Lord, to you. Indifference, Lord, in apathy, God. May it burn, O oh Lord. Revive your people. <coughs> Quicken us, O oh Lord, that we may call on your name. Father, I pray that the devil will not draw us back into perdition. That the enemy, O Lord, will not draw us back into our old ways. That the enemy will not entice us to tell us it's greener on the other side. That he would lie to us to tell us what is this prayer business doing for you anyways. O God, may our faith in you, O Lord, be steadfast. And never die. Father, may we not fall prey to the lies and the deception of the wicked one, O oh Lord, that just wants us to fall back into perdition and destroy our lives. O oh God, I pray that faith would rise up, faith to move mountains, and every mountain, O oh Lord, would be brought low in our lives, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, increase power, increase strength, increase the anointing on our lives. And may we, O oh Lord, move through every hardship and pass through every fire unscathed. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Increase the anointing, Lord. Father, may we fall and collapse in your presence. <coughs> oh, oh, Lord, break through in your presence, God, I ask God. <laughs> oh, Lord, may the fruits of the Spirit be evident in our lives. May we not overcome with depression and anger, O Lord, but may, Father, love and joy and peace and self-control be our portion. O oh God, I ask of you, Father, I pray for breakthrough that none of us, O oh Lord, would be dead in our hearts. O oh, Rababasa, may we mount up with wings of eagles, Lord. May we mount up with wings of eagles, O God. May we not be overcome by the flesh, the world, or the devil. Lord, get us out of every rat, Lord. Lord, we're calling on your name. Lord, your word says, call on me in the day of trouble, and I will answer you. Lord, answer us, O Lord, speedily and send us help from the sanctuary in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we rebuke all manner of depression and low self-esteem and every lie from the devil to tell us that we would remain in this situation forever. Hallelujah. Press us through, Lord. Press us through, O God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We need more of you, Lord. We can't do this in our own strength. We can't do this in our own power. Hallelujah. We need you, Lord, every hour. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. May the Spirit of God just begin to administer peace to us. May the Spirit of God even now begin to administer peace and heal homes and heal marriages. Heal, Lord, our our parents' marriages, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Peace, peace, Lord, billows of peace. May peace be multiplied to us in this moment, Lord. May peace and power be multiplied to us, Lord, in this moment. (coughs) Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray for those that are going to school here, Lord. Father, I just ask, Lord, that you would... Uh, Help them with their studies, Lord. That you would help them, O Lord, with their studies.